Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where I profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the resources that are shaping their thinking and inspiring their practice. For show notes and links from each episode, visit teachersonfire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today, I'm speaking with Jennifer Casa Todd. Jennifer is a mom, wife, teacher, librarian, speaker, coordinator for Google Educator Groups of Ontario, an ISTE librarian's leader, and an on-ed students chat advisor. Jennifer is also the author of Social Media, Moving Students from Digital Citizenship to Digital Leadership. Can't wait to get into that. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Why don't you start by filling in any of the gaps I left out about your current context in education today? Well, you've uh, covered most of it. I'm a teacher librarian in uh, Aurora, Ontario, Canada, and I live just uh, in a suburb north of there called Newmarket. And um, I, our school is about over 1,300 students. We have an uh, amazing and vibrant school community, and I work with committed and passionate teachers. And we're an IB school, and that is has been new learning for me over the past three years. Now, we're going to talk more about your teacher librarian work and of course get into social media and leadership but first of all Jennifer tell us about a low moment that you faced somewhere in your teaching or education career and then how you overcame it. Uh, well that has to be uh, having suffered a concussion so I was in my first year as a teacher librarian because prior to that I was the literacy consultant at the York Catholic District School Board and as much as I really really loved that position I really missed being in a school so I had applied for a couple of different teacher librarian positions, um, a couple of them unsuccessful. And I finally got back into a school and I was just so excited to be there in my new role, working with teachers and students and developing relationships. And then on October 31st, I literally walked into a door um, I suspect that exhaustion and jet lag, I had just come back from uh, the Digit Institute Summit in, uh, in San Francisco. And I, one minute I was at the highlight of my career, <laughs> new role. I'm, you know, writing a book with a, a editing deadline of December 1st and bang, I was out. And it took me, I would say a good full 10 months before I was fully recovered and could go back to my role full time. And uh, it impacted me physically, emotionally. I had no idea about the emotional and psychological impact actually of uh, suffering a concussion. I slipped into a depression. Um, it was awful. <laughs> I actually wrote about it in Mandy Froelich's book, The Fire Within. Um, and coming out the other side has certainly given me a new perspective on those hidden ailments, the ones, you know, where you have no idea that someone is suffering um, because they don't have a cast on their leg. And so that it, it really has impacted me in, I guess, in a positive way um, in the end. But it was it was a definitely a low point in my career. Now, Jennifer, before we move on, I've had a couple of friends go through similar experiences. Is there a takeaway that you could share in terms of making your way out of that fog of post-concussion 
I don't know if you you even take that title, post-concussion syndrome, but is is there a takeaway or something valuable that you learned that you could share with the audience in terms of getting out of that experience? Well, it's interesting. So um, we talk about uh, social media and I I wasn't really allowed to be on social media very much because my my brain couldn't take it. But I was on boxer groups and I I would really say that staying connected um, made a huge impact impact on me. And one of my uh, peers, Jennifer Bond, recommended something called um, Jane the Concussion Slayer. And it was a TED Talk I listened to, and she actually had created an app called Super Better. I wish I had discovered it sooner in my journey to recovery, um, because Jane McGonigal, I think her name is, um, had suffered a similar um, fate, I guess. And I learned so much from even just listening to her and, and really just being gentle with myself, but also pushing myself, I would say that was the biggest takeaway, right? That, that, you know, it's easy to be in a dark room, but, um, you know, there's, there's lot, there, there's lots of conflicting research about that, about how much you should push yourself. Um, so here I was editing a book and, and, you know, sitting at a computer would, which was awful, uh, for me, but I slowly built up my, uh, ability to do that by pushing myself a little bit. And then I learned that you actually don't do yourself any harm, um, in terms of, of that, in terms of pushing yourself a little bit. So that, that was my big takeaway. But my other big takeaway really is always presume that someone, um, you know, with whom you're talking has perhaps something going on that you don't know about. I mean, outwardly, you know, when I had my makeup on and I was trying to reintegrate myself back into full-time working, um, people would just just think I was back to normal and I, I was absolutely not. Um, and so it's just being mindful of the struggles that people have. I think that that was the biggest takeaway. That's really cool. There's no doubt that when we go through difficult experiences, they give us new empathy for others. And that's, that's quite a story. That's a first on this show. So thank you for sharing that. Now, Jennifer, last year you published Social Media, Moving Students from Digital Citizenship to Digital Leadership. And this book has been all over my Twitter PLN for a while. So I look forward to hearing more about it. Tell us about your mission and vision for the book. Why did you write it? And what can educators expect to get out of it? Okay, so um, really, it's a passion project. I didn't even know I had a book in me until I started talking to a publisher <laughs> about it. Um, my friend George Curl said, "Hey, this is my friend Jennifer, and she's a great writer." And then when he walked away, I found myself pitching a book, which again I had no idea. But I was meeting so many inspirational students who were leveraging social media to learn and share learning, to empower others, and promote causes that were important to them, and who were making a positive difference in the world. Um, and yet in so many schools, the ban and block stance is and, you know, was and still is in many cases alive and well. And even in my own parenting journey, and I think this is really what started it, I realized that I was not being an effective mentor for my own children. Um, you know, when my daughter was asked at a, in an interview, what social media are you on? And what will I learn about you if I go there? I had the ultimate mom fail moment because I realized that I had spent so much time um, as a parent telling my kids what not to do that I really failed to embrace opportunities of what they could do. 
And so I, I really felt like the world just needed to hear from these students and the teacher mentors who were helping kids see and use social media differently. And it really is so true what William Dwyer says about when you you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Because when I did change my stance, and I embraced what George Kuros calls digital leadership. And he says, it's using the vast reach of technology and social media to improve the lives, well-being, circumstances of others. And so when I changed um, my own stance on it, it made just the biggest, biggest difference. Um, we have spent well over a decade not including social media as part of teaching and learning and not looking at social media this way. And so it really is about time that we look at things differently. So the book is really full of examples and ideas for teachers to help their curriculum come alive by including some of these real tools that are certainly not going away. Um, and 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 it also showcases student digital leaders who are excellent role models. And I think we should all start to look at um, some of the, the things that our students are doing a little bit differently and listen to what it is that they're doing. Because I know I was just surprised and amazed um, by the the way in which our students today are leveraging tech in ways that we maybe don't think about because we're so busy saying kids these days and making assumptions about what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it is a very timely book when I think about the movements that began out of Florida, even in 2018, when you look at how students there have leveraged social media, right, to organize enormous movements that gained tremendous momentum throughout the United States and even the world. It's such an exciting time. Now, as a teacher and a parent, Jennifer, I would love to get into, you know, these tools good, other tools bad, but I just sense that that's not really the focus of the book. It's more about leaving positive impact. Is that right? Absolutely. It's about leaving positive impact. It's about um, showing kids a different route, um, showing adults even a different route. It's it's about making a positive difference, um, you know, in face to face and you know, online and offline, you know, that, that we need to really start to embrace that because our kids, you know, kids born today are, you know, will do not know a world without technology. So, so we can't do the either or anymore. Norm Jurgensen calls it digital dualism, right? Where we look at the offline world and we look at the online world in Increasingly, we need to look at what that looks like at the same time when we're teaching kindness, you know, or empathy or, you know, service, we need to embrace what that might look like on and offline when we're fostering leaders in our schools, it can't just be student council leaders in person. And we need to look at both and embrace both. So the, the book really does touch on all aspects of that. And media literacy, too. I mean, when you look at a 2017 Stanford study that says that 87% of middle schoolers could not tell the difference between an article and something with sponsored content, you really look at that and say, my goodness, what are we using to teach media if we're not you know, looking at social media in our schools? So much around this, Jennifer, I would love to get into. Let me ask you one more question, if I may, and that is, do you touch on the whole idea of 
personal brand in the book? It's funny that you ask that. Um, I, I, there is a whole section on branding, but my question always when I'm working with students is, how do you create a sort of brand of you for the purposes of you know resume and career building, but without losing the sense of who you are? And, and I talk about the fact that like, it really bothers me when we talk about branding, because branding is about products, not humans, right? Um, so these are just important conversations I know I embrace when I um, co-teach in career studies classes, you know, and, and a lot of kids push back on that too, right? They say, you know, you can be fake online and, and is that the point? And they're absolutely right. It is not the point. You know, we don't want to go from, you know, kids who are, don't have a sense of audience um, and purpose to, you know, these perfect social media profiles, which are, you know, perfectly branded. I don't think that's true either. So how can we be ourselves online um, is definitely a question that I embrace in in social media. Very, very cool. Well, we need to move on, but I can't wait to get into your book, Jennifer, and I could talk for hours, I think, on those issues that we were just touching on. But let's move on. Jennifer, what else, looking around education today, what else excites you? I mean, this could be a macro level answer, something big picture, or maybe on the micro level, something you see happening right there in your library spaces. Well, to me, it's definitely possibility. I mean, in 2018, um, we can connect to anyone around the world. And I, you know, I'm working right now with four classes on a project service based learning activity around the sustainable development goals, for example. And that was started by Barbara Zielonke from Norway. Like the fact that I'm collaborating with a teacher from Norway right now, right? Um, and my kids are not just thinking about ways to address the sustainable development goals in their own communities, but they're getting input and perspectives from students from all over the world. I mean, kids in the project are from Poland and Italy and Japan, and we're using Flipgrid to do that. And, and I'm an advisor for the OnEd student chat, which is a monthly chat led by a group of amazing student leaders. And they talk about subjects that are important to them in a live YouTube session. It's like a tweet and talk. And then they connect with other classes through Twitter in the form of a slow chat. And when I've talked to the kids who are the leaders around this, they have talked about the incredible opportunity that has been afforded to them, just the ability to be able to connect with other students along some of these same subjects and ideas. And then I look at our book club, the book club I'm running at my school, and we participated in the global read aloud uh, selection for refugee. And we had some incredible in-person conversations, but then we were able to extend that, those conversations to people, other people um, reading the same book. And now we're um, Connect. We're creating an opportunity around the White Pine Books, which is an Ontario reading program. And uh, they're just excited to create a slow chat around that so that, again, our in-person conversations can be you know, extended um, through a global audience. And and so for me, that is so exciting. The fact that, you know, once upon a time, like five years ago, or even, you know, 
even yeah, five years ago, I would say it was so difficult to be able to connect Mm -hmm. with others. Whereas now we could do it so readily and so easily. It just changes the game for me. That is so exciting. I love how student, I mean, any opportunity to get students authentically connected, right. Is, is super exciting and adds so much value and resonance to their learning. So very, very cool. Jennifer, let's talk professional goals, shall we? And this is the goal setting time of year. How are you looking to grow professionally and improve your practice this year? Is there something specific that you can share with us? Well, yes, actually. Um, So I've been teaching for over 23 years. I started my master's, I guess, the year before I got my concussion, and I'm still not finished my master's. So after a, you know, heartfelt conversation with my husband and my family, recognizing that I don't want to push myself to the point of exhaustion anymore. I'm actually taking second semester off. So February, um, to finish my master's degree. And like, I've been observing the positive impact of social media on kids, but I really want to do some of my own research. Um, so that's what I'm doing. It's kind of a risk. Um, it, but being a student again has been so incredible. It's been very, very humbling too. Um, I think we should almost all do this. And so I'm going to be writing a mini thesis. I have a few ideas in mind for other writing projects. So professionally, that's where I'm going. But I've also had the opportunity of speaking at conferences and PD days around North America. And that really has been feeding my soul. And I learned so much every time I go out. Um, you know, and share with other educators because then I have the opportunity to participate in these conferences and meet people I never would have met um, if I stayed in the classroom. So, and then I bring back the learning to my own school. So I'm really excited, nervous, but really excited about um, really jumping into my own professional growth and learning next semester. I have to say, I'm a little bit jealous because I am in my second year of my master's and boy, would I ever like to take some time off as well. So I think you are, you're doing the right thing to really put the focus where it belongs and make sure that as you put it, that, that life is manageable, right? And that you're not sort of burning the candle at both ends. Jennifer, outside of education, what's another area of learning for you? What is it that ignites your passions and brings you alive as a human being when you're outside of the school? Well, I'm such a social person. Um, Outside of the classroom, I really love to spend time with family and friends whenever I can. I'm a a curler. I'm in a social curling league, and that certainly makes the uh, Ontario winters fly by more quickly. And I've met such great people in uh, in that league. I play Canasta, a a card game, regularly with a group of friends. And I'm in three book clubs. I can't say I always finish the book, um, but getting together and and being... with people and sharing ideas um, from what we read is uh, definitely another thing that I, that I absolutely love to do in my personal life. Very fun. Hopefully we'll hear about one of those books in a moment. But next, Jennifer, share about a personal habit that contributes to your success. We've talked about productivity. We've talked about time management a little bit. Is there something, some kind of a hack or a habit perhaps that you can share with us? 
I, I'm not very organized and I'm not always very productive. So uh, for me, it's just, I have to say hard work um, is a personal habit. I, I think sometimes people look at me and say, wow, she's an author. She gets to keynote conferences. She's so lucky. But it really, like, I, that kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes because I don't necessarily think it's luck. I mean, I've been presenting going into personal debt. My husband wants to kill me about that sometimes. But, but for well over seven years, years, you know, um, just because it's something I love to do. I love to share my learning. And I've worked hard and I've sacrificed to get there. Um, I'm also passionate to a fault and follow my passions through with dedication and fervor. So I'm in, you know, 100 different things that equally excite me. And that all requires hard work and sacrifice. So um, I I don't know. And I also think that I, I make sure that whatever opportunity comes my way, I try to embrace it and look at obstacles as opportunities and ways to grow instead of obstacles. And uh, I certainly value the people who I've met in my journey and recognize how they've all contributed to where I am today. So maybe, maybe not one personal habit, but sort of a combination of those things, I think, that have contributed to, you know, if you could quote unquote success. Those are definitely some gems of wisdom. So thank you for that. Now, Jennifer, it's time for your quick picks. And here we are interested in hearing the education voices and resources that are shaping your practice and inspiring your thinking today. So starting at Twitter, tell us about someone we should follow there and share why they've been inspiring you lately. Can't do it. cannot do it. I cannot isolate just one person. Um, What I have done actually, um, because I've been an advocate for getting connected on Twitter for many, many years, and I've developed Twitter lists. So I'll pick a Twitter list. How's that? Um, That matches. um, I would say if I had to pick one Twitter list, it would be the the list I've created called Kids Who Inspire. So every time I see kids doing good online, I put them on a list. But I also have a list uh, called IB Teachers, um, because again, I'm learning in that field. I have a a Twitter list called Inspiring Educators, and I have one for teacher librarians and educational leaders. Um, And so it it has to be a list. There you go. I can't pick one person. I love it. And and no, hey, that's an honest answer. And I'm looking at Jennifer's Twitter profile right now, and you are a consummate list maker. And we should not be surprised, should we, that you are curating your Twitter profiles and connections as the librarian you are. So just a wealth of resources and ideas on Jen's Twitter profile. Check that out. And then next, Jennifer, point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using in your library space or somewhere in your professional practice. So this is interesting too, because I would be like, ah, the tool depends on what I'm doing. But uh, certainly I am using Flipgrid as part of that global project around the sustainable development goals I was telling you about. And what I love about it is it, it has been almost impossible to connect live with the kids because of time zones. And especially because I have four different classes I'm working on. So Flipgrid has definitely uh, been a perfect tool for that. And then recommend a book, Jen, one that you've been reading lately from one of those great book clubs or perhaps one of your all-time faves and tell us why you recommend it. 
Okay, so I'm currently reading a book called Rest, Why You Get More Done When You Work Less by Alex Sujung Kim Pang. And that was actually, uh, John Spencer has created a book club on Facebook around that. And so I'm way behind in the book club, typical. Um, but that has been a really, really, really good read so far. Probably one of my all-time favorite, uh, oh gosh, books. I can't. I have like, I we read, <laughs> literally, I've been in a book club for 20 years um, and we cr- put all of the titles of our book clubs on the back of the t- our T-shirt, and there are so many, so many books. So I, I better just leave it at that for now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, that's a dangerous area for a librarian to get into, right? But exactly. No, I'm glad to hear what you said about the book club, and I'm glad to hear your admission that you're, you know, chronically behind because. I was in my very first Voxer book club a few weeks ago, Jen, and honestly, I just stopped connecting with the with the Voxer thread because I felt like I'm so far behind, I don't deserve to be in this conversation anymore, and that's just the wrong approach, right? We need to stay connected, and those book clubs are just uh, a source of tremendous professional conversations, so... I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> but I, I, I bet you if you had said, I'm really struggling to keep up, 90% of the rest of them would have said the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like I think, right. you know, one our but one of the book clubs I'm in, it's called Tell Me How It Ends because I created the book club and I knew that I was never ever going to come to a book club, you know, or not never ever, but very rarely do I come having finished the book. I've got so many other things on the go and you know, I'm not gonna not go to book club because I haven't finished the book. It just, you know, it's, it's just an opportunity. You pick, you get in there where you can and love it. And it's all good. Yeah. Next. Are you a podcast listener? I feel like you are. If so, recommend a podcast that you've got in your deck and tell us why you love it. So you may be noticing a common theme is that I cannot pick one podcast. (laughs) I really cannot. Um, But I love, love, love Voice Ed Radio. Um, Stephen Hurley, I don't know if you know him. Um, He's Mm -hmm. from Ontario, just a great guy. And there are so many different podcasts on there that you could just jump in, whatever your, you know, whatever suits your mood, Um, you know, and and even my podcast, the Social Media Podcast is on there as well. Um, He's been so supportive of me but but it's got just so much awesome so whenever I have time to listen I'll jump in and and again not necessarily you know do one from start to finish just um just jump in when I can and and when I have time well that's great I am familiar with voice ed radio I didn't realize Jen that you have one so I am subscribing to you as we speak looking forward to hearing more from social media and then the last two questions Jen have to do with video first of all, tell us about a YouTube channel that you enjoy and explain why we need to subscribe. I really like John Spencer. Um, I've mentioned him a couple of times, but he just is such a creative person. And he has a YouTube channel dedicated to writing prompts, which I just love for my own. Like I'm I'm a writer. Um, I, I love the possibility in the classroom, but I also love it for myself. Um, and then my daughter, um, over the holidays, she's been sharing some of the YouTube channels she loves. And she showed me one called editing is everything. 
And the creator there, uh, her name is Danny. He, she changes the genres of films by re-editing the films. And it's so clever. I love it so much. I spent quite a bit of time this holiday looking through some of them. It's called Editing is Everything. And I, I think personally, I get enjoyment out of it. But again, I'm always thinking like a teacher. I think it would be so cool in an English class too. I can't wait to check those out. And going back to John Spencer, he is one of the co-authors of Launch. And I've been getting into that book and the whole design process big time this year. So I'm a big John Spencer fan as well. Very last question, Jen, just for fun, strictly non-education on this one. What are you watching on Netflix these days? Well, my family and I are re-watching How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> um, and which is so funny, but also the Canadian references because Robin Sparkles is Canadian are just are just hilarious. So right. we've been doing that. All right. That's a good classic to go to. Jen, this has been awesome. What are the best ways for the listeners to follow you and get more? on social media and leadership in that space? Well, on Twitter, I'm uh, fairly prolific on Twitter. I'm at jcassatod. You can find me on Instagram at that same handle. Social media hashtag is all things connected with the book. I blog at jcassatod.com. Um, the complimentary website to the book, um, if you, you know, <laughs> you're poor from Christmas spending um, and you just want some of the free resources there, it's socialedia.org. Um, there's also a Facebook page called Social Media as well. And I think that covers it. Sounds good, Jen. Hey, again, thank you so much for sharing your time with the podcast today. This has been fun and helpful. So take care, Jen, and let's talk again soon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the holidays. Thanks so much for joining me here today on the Teachers on Fire podcast. For show notes and links from this episode, visit teachersonfire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Medium. And again, please do subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, saying goodbye for now. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast.